This episode of Things Cooks Know is brought to you by CardsDirect.com. With over 5,000 cards to choose from, you can design the perfect holiday cards with CardsDirect.com. The holidays are just a few weeks away, so create your cards today. Plus, save 25% off at checkout when you visit CardsDirect.com slash realsimple. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where the professional cook, that's Sarah Kay, shares insider advice and secrets that the busy amateur cook, that's me, can use in her own kitchen with her own family. This is our third episode that we've dedicated to Thanksgiving, but all November we're talking Thanksgiving. One day, but pretty much the most complicated day of the whole year for cooking, correct? Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to the other episodes, we ha- head to iTunes. We have two of them. One is about Thanksgiving desserts that aren't pies, although we do talk about pies and yes. how they are still very important. And then we have a, an entire episode dedicated to avoiding Thanksgiving pitfalls. So all the things you're terrified of before yeah. you what cook. What not to do. What not to do. Yeah. How to avoid your dry turkey and watery gravy. So they're both super helpful. So go back there before the big day. And now, as we're kind of in the final sprint to November 26th, we need to talk about what to drink. Of course. So we this is we like, need a drink. We actually really do. We were, we were recording late in the day today, and we, we, we are both there. Um, <laughs> anyway, but why, why is booze so stressful in Thanksgiving? Because it really is. I mean, I think there are two things. There's a lot of pressure because, well, booze is the one essential ingredient to all family gatherings. <laughs> Am I correct? At least if you're talking to the two Yankees here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and because, well, because of that, I think you want to make sure that you please everyone. And, and that's never an easy task. I think that's true. I also think because there's so much pressure on the food or mm-hmm. so much so much emphasis put on the f- food that er- people have started putting a lot of emphasis on the drink. Like, right. I don't, I've never cared You're what gonna wine You're going to do I'm- wine pairings? Well, <laughs> but you know, like, everybody's like, what wine? And we are going to talk about that today, but I kind of feel like I've actually never really noticed what I'm drinking. Yeah. It just tastes good, and it helps with the family relations. Okay, but anyway, we do need to talk about that. So let's just dive into that first, Thanksgiving wine. Okay. What are the general qualities of a good Thanksgiving wine? Like I, I said, I think you want you don't want to be so out there that you're like alienating certain groups of guests. So you want to pick a wine that is good, but also kind of easy to like. This is not really a place for like crazy wine snobbery. Thanksgiving is about bringing people together. So that's one thing. And well, I think you don't want anyone to be too drunk before dinner. Right. So you're we're really talking about medium-bodied wines, gentle on the alcohol. You know, they can be red. They can be white. Personally, I think bubbles are always a good idea. Oh, that's nice. So do you start with, like, one type of wine in the beginning of the meal and then go to another? Look, you can. Yeah. But if, like you were saying before, you just don't want to spend that much time thinking about it, you absolutely don't need to. I mean, you could drink a nice, crisp, sparkling wine from start to finish. On Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to divide it up, you could, you know, just two, have to move through two wines. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a five. A flight. Flight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think starting with, with bubbles is a no fail solution. And so that could be, you know, Prosecco, Cava, something a little different, which is great with food. 
and would be kind of a fun twist on things for Thanksgiving is like a Lambrusco. Oh, I love Lambrusco. Which are pretty kind of that that dark, you know, red color, but fizzy, yep. and really dry. So yep. it's kind of unexpected. Yeah, and I think that's like a, such a surprise too, because I think still a lot of people. Either don't know them or certainly aren't drinking them on Thanksgiving. No, and they think they're going to be sweet and when right. in fact they're not. And there are so many more really nice ones available at an affordable price point these days. So, you know, and you don't, like just go into your wine shop and, and ask about it. Your local wine seller should be able to help you. It's, it's not going to be unfamiliar to okay. them. And you don't need to spend a mint. So, you know, there are a lot of options in that area. Same, you know, if you want to go sort of a more conventional route, like maybe you have an aunt who will only drink Chardonnay. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of options out there that aren't just like the, the supermarket <laughs> buttery your, Chardonnay. Kind of your yeah. teeth ache. So, uh, you know, I, I think a nice unoaked Chardonnay is going to be great with food, a little bit crisper, more minerally. I personally really like this Chardonnay from Long Island. It's the Channing Daughters. Scuttle hole. Okay. And, you know, again, it's widely available. I think it's about $14 a bottle or something like that. So it's, it's like a, you know, pretty decent mid range wine right. but that I think everyone will like. And it's really good with food. Okay. And then what about for reds? What, in terms of varietals, what, what are surefire varietals for Thanksgiving? I think the kind of bullseye red wine for Thanksgiving is Pinot Noir. Yeah. I've read that before. Um, I probably I probably <laughs> drunk a lot of it yeah. Thanksgiving and not noticed too. And, you know, and, and it's, again, it's like medium bodied. It's a little juicy, but not too over the top. It's kind of got very balanced alcohol. And there are so many, there are great domestic ones to choose from. I mean, in Oregon alone, you are just sort of spoiled for choice. Some of my favorite ones from Oregon are like Shehalem, Rex Hill, Edelsheim, Amity. Look for those names and you won't go wrong. Brick House is another one I adore. It's a little bit more spendy, but if you want to get like one bottle mm-hmm. that you're start with that one gonna, and then go to yeah, something. Really little... savor. Yep. That's great. Or Scott Paul. So those are all fabulous Pinot Noirs. Or you could go um, for French Pinot Noir, which would be like a Burgundy. Okay. And not all of those have to be, you know, bank busters either. There are some affordable options. And then another favorite of mine, which is kind of a little under the radar, but I think is is getting a little bit more attention, is um, the Gamay, mm-hmm. which is actually the grape from the number one grape grown in the Beaujolais region. Okay. So Beaujolais Nouveau, which I know right. everyone associates <laughs> with Thanksgiving, is made with Gamay. But that you should not, that is like can just I, only the smallest representation of what Gamay is possible. Can I do a Beaujolais okay. Nouveau sidebar? Please. So when I first started dating my husband, he didn't, he was not like a huge drinker, which I thought was going to be kind of a major problem between us. But we've both kind of met in the middle, I would uh-huh. say. And we were out at some restaurant and he turned. He's very sophisticated otherwise, but he turns to the waiter. He's like, I'd love to try a Beaujolais Nouveau. And the waiter looked at him like, are you are you, are you kidding? And I think it was actually in France. If I remember correctly, I think we were in uh-huh. Paris. It was just, I was just so embarrassed. <laughs> well, It was very cute, though, I thought. Now, you know, you can expand his Beaujolais horizons. <laughs> um, although, to be fair, 
not all Beaujolais Nouveau is total plonk. There are yeah. some good ones. <laughs> They're just probably, you know, not the ones you find for $7 at the end right, of the right, aisle. Right, right. <laughs> um, but like Jean-Paul Brun and um, that's a name to look for. They make actually kind of, um, you know, artisan style Beaujolais Nouveau. Okay. But I think for Thanksgiving and just generally, if you want to explore the Gamay grape a little bit, the place to, to do that is with the Cru Beaujolais. Okay. So, and those have different sort of sub names. And the ones you should look for are things like Fleury or Morgon. They're all fabulous. There's like 12 different ones. If you Google Cru Beaujolais, you'll see all the little ap- sub-abolitions to look for. Okay. Um, but you can get some really, really good bottles for less than $20 that you won't be able to tell the difference between that and like a $40 bottle. Okay. That's a great idea. I mean, it's fun to try something different even, you know, it, it, as long as you're being safe. Yes. These um, are all safe choices. And speaking of trying something different, I mean, we we, we touched a little bit about the pre-dinner activity. Mm-hmm. And the pre-dinner cocktailing can sometimes be sort of intense. And I think it's fun to serve some, to offer people something besides wine mm-hmm. um, before dinner when they're, you know, hopefully not stuffing their faces full of really heavy hors d'oeuvres, but something easy. And so, what, you know, it, it would be nice to have something on hand, right, that's just a little bit special totally. and different and seasonal. I think there are some great simple seasonal options. One thing that we just developed for the website, which, um, and actually we have a video that's going to be coming up in the next few days. So um, you can go on realsimple.com and search for it, is we made a mulled white wine for the holidays, which is kind of frighteningly delicious and addictive. So if you're having um, some appetizers by the fire and in front of the football. Yeah, exactly. It would be really, really nice. You know, it it's it's warm. So you have to sort of be in a climate where that is going to to be welcome. It's kind of fun because it's a twist on the the sort of the traditional red mulled wine that's very heavy on clove and cinnamon. This is a little bit brighter. Like I said, it's the base is white wine and then it's infused with a spice mixture of, uh, well, there is cinnamon, there's some star anise in it, some black peppercorns, but the, and then we put fresh rosemary in it and a vanilla bean. Oh, wow. And sliced pears and a splash of ginger liqueur. And you put that like on, I've so never made mold. You wine. actually, you put it on I mean, stovetop? you know, you get if you look at the ingredient list, it's you know, it's got a bunch of things in it, but all it consists of doing is basically combining them in a pot, mm-hmm. letting it come to a slow simmer. Dissolve. There's a little bit of sugar in it, just a little bit, but you dissolve the sugar, and then you basically let those spices steep. Mm. And for about 20 minutes, and then you warm it back up again and serve it. It's it's so easy. and It must be very pretty, too. It's very, very pretty. I mean, it's this golden color. It's got these whole spices in it and these sprigs of rosemary and kind of whole slices of pears. It's, it's quite beautiful. Okay. That's a great idea. And then, you know, the other thing I think that it would be fun – and seasonally appropriate is to try some kind of apple cider cocktail. And that could be as simple as a shandy. So you could do like a half apple cider, half lager mm-hmm. with like a, an orange slice or a lemon slice in it. 
or you could do um, like a sangria with cider in it. You could do a bellini, a cider bellini, where you have you combine. If you're serving sparkling wine, you could cut that with some cider and some sort of pretty seasonal garnish. Again, like maybe apple or pear or, or nice. herbs. Um, I like the ones where you don't have to you don't have to mix them for the person. Like you could just have the yeah, stuff the out. batch them out or right, have as them on a bar. To, right, have them on the bar because that's I think that's the hardest thing. Like these are they're great, but mm-hmm. the, the idea of like what can I get you? Yes. Hold on one second. Who how many cider, you know, how many shandies? How many cider cocktails? No, I mean and that is the thing. This is Thanksgiving. You're yeah. going to be busy enough. So it's great to have to select one or two cocktails. You're not going to you shouldn't be a bartender. Right. You can have enough on your plate. provide a menu. So yes. yeah. You know, pick two cocktails, put the ingredients out on a counter or if you have a little cart or a side table, and then that's sort of your signal to the guests that the bar is open Mm -hmm. and they can serve them. So, you know, an ice bucket and some glasses. Yeah. They should be good to go. Okay. So our beverage appetite is whetted. We have our wine. We have our cocktails. So when we come back, we will start talking a little bit more about drinking. But first, deck the halls this year with custom holiday cards from CardsDirect.com. Whether it's for your family or business, CardsDirect.com has you covered with traditional and corporate cards and a variety of unique printing formats. You can add a photo, a logo, or a custom message. And with over 5,000 cards to choose from, you're sure to create that perfect holiday card. Plus, with express shipping, they'll be here quick, like the holidays. Listeners of Things Cook Snow will save an extra 25% off at CardsDirect.com slash realsimple. Don't wait. Christmas is only five weeks away. Visit cardsdirect.com slash real simple. Okay, so now I want to ask you an etiquette question. Oh, please. Just call me Emily Post. We've been talking about hosting Thanksgiving, but if you're attending a Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and you bring something and... That's something being a bottle. Right. That's something being a bottle. Because even though we say that's kind of... You know, everybody brings that, and why bring that? Think of something creative. Some things you just don't have that in your yeah. in your system. You can't. You're bringing a bottle of something. If you bring a bottle of wine, should they? Should you be drinking it at the dinner? You absolutely should not expect to drink okay. it. This is a present. It's supposed to be a gift to your host or hostess, and it should be for your host or hostess to open and enjoy at their discretion. And if you really are so concerned about the beverage options that they're going to have on display, then you should, you know, either bring two bottles and give one as a gift and one for everyone. Or you can, like, put a flask in your back pocket. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad idea. But, I mean, certainly the idea of bringing two bottles would be a lovely gesture uh, one clearly as a gift and one as kind of your contribution to the dinner. But you should make that clear. You could say yeah. something like, this is for the table. This yeah. is for you and this is for the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's good. But if you're only bringing one and it's supposed to be a gift, it is a gift. And gifts, there's no obligation with them. Okay. Right. Don't. Br- In other words, don't bring something that you're dying to have <laughs> unless you bring two. Yeah. Buy one for yourself yeah. if you're dying to have right, it. Exactly. Um, And I guess to go along with that, when you're thinking about what you're going to get, you know, try and think about what your host might like, not just what you would like. I guess that goes (laughs) without saying, maybe, in general, about gift gift giving. Piece of advice for life. (laughs) Okay. What could you bring that's actually not wine? Well, I personally think the perfect thing, if you're going to bring a bottle uh, to Thanksgiving dinner and you don't want it to be wine, the best thing you can bring 
is a digestif. Okay. Or an, you know, an after-dinner drink, something that's meant to be consumed after the feast is over and is actually specifically designed to kind of ease the pains of overeating, <laughs> uh, which, you know, are really hard to avoid. They are. The... Besides the elastic waist pants, yeah. this is your only hope. Exactly. Okay. So it's a... And, you know, also... Most people, you know, are not drinking digestifs on a, you know, at a daily basis. So there's something kind of celebratory about that. It's a nice alternative to uh, a really heavy dessert. Like if you're going easy on the pies, you could have just, you know, a, a little glass of, of something bitter mm-hmm. to go along with your dessert. Um, or, you know, if you just eat too many pies, um, <laughs> you could have that after. You have, that's actually a question I have. You wouldn't have it with your pie. You would have your pie, and then you would pour these afterwards. Yeah. You're not that would eat, be the best It's not like an eating and drinking it. thing. It's like literally like a little glass you're sitting with and having a nice like end-of-dinner wrap-up conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could have like a biscuit or something, you know, like a cookie with right. it or something like that. But it's – you don't really – you're not eating – you're not – excuse me. You're not really drinking it with your food. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a – it's something that you drink in small amounts just kind of um, as a finish. Okay. Okay. The options when it comes to something like that are are many. So if should we talk about you know what you're going to go to the yeah, store? Yeah, I would love to. I um, would love some direction if I'm going to the store. Besides saying digestif. <laughs> so um, let's. The, here are some basic categories of digestifs. Um, you have your amari. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had those. Love them. Yeah. So your amari are really like. Herbal liqueurs, generally uh, made with, you know, their own sort of special blends of herbs and spices and roots and things like that. They tend to be fairly bitter, but there's a whole range within that category from like very strong and bitter to some on the sweeter side or a little more citrusy, syrupy, but they all have an herbal note to them. In the category of Amari, there are a lot of things that fall under that. Anyone who's gone to college has probably had Jägermeister. That is actually an Amari. Um, That's what I'm, I'm bringing a bottle of Jägermeister. <laughs> you know what? I would be pretty excited if you did. Oh, you know, we don't have to do Jäger not. bombs. I have terrible, yeah. terrible memories. Can you see, you oh. know, Aunt Sue doing a Jäger bomb? No. <laughs> In my family, yes. Yes. But um, no, but uh, that's that's very hilarious. I when I think of Amari, I think you know I, I do think of these beautiful bottles, Italian really bottles with beautiful the... beautiful labels. I mean, the label alone is worth mm-hmm. the gift. And so Fernet Branca is probably one that a lot of people know. On the milder end of the spectrum, and which also has a very pretty bottle, and I've definitely brought this as a gift before because it is. A, sort of a little bit easier to love than something like Fernet if you're not used to drinking this kind of thing mm-hmm. is the Amaro Nonino. N-O-N-I-N-O. Okay. And that has a really nice sort of citrus edge to it. It's not too bold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even vermouth really is an Amari. It's, you know, a fortified wine, which is uh, flavored with botanicals and herbs. You know, you could try one of the new breed of vermouths that are out there because there there has been this explosion of, like, uh, domestic vermouths being made in the last few years. I really like Atsby, um, which is made in New York. 
and I think is pretty widely available at this point. So that's one option. Another category you could explore are um, like anisettes, which the classic, I think, that people think of would be Sambuca. Mm. But so these are our licorice-flavored liqueurs. And, you know, so many countries have their own versions of this. There's Sambuca. There's Pastis. Uh, in Turkey, there's Rocky. Um, there's ouzo. Mm-hmm. And that anise flavor really settles the stomach. I mean, Sambuca and anisette are classically paired with like black coffee, so that's a great way oh, to end kind of the nice. meal. that's nice. Instead of an Irish coffee you're mm-hmm. doing, yeah. Oh, God, you know, I mean, if you spend any time with Italian-American families, you can't escape that, but it is it is actually really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are things like chartreuse, which is Oh, a, yeah, chartreuse is very interesting. I feel like I have never, I've had it in cocktails, but I'm... It's beautiful I'm by for one. It. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, I mean, if you know what the color chartreuse is, you know what this looks like. I mean, it's this incredible green color. It's a very old French liqueur, and it has this incredibly complex, mysterious recipe. And it's made, you know, supposedly made by monks who've taken a vow of silence. It is very expensive, I will say, for a bottle. I mean, I think a bottle of chartreuse is about. 60 bucks Mm. but it should last a long time i mean you're not guzzling the stuff and it's very pretty and it is good in like the last word is a wonderful cocktail which features chartreuse so you know if you give yourself a little room to make a few splurges around the holidays that might be or that's what you bring as a gift and that's the after dinner drink so you know those are just some ideas but it's a wide, wide world if people want to start exploring it. You could go down the rabbit hole. It's kind of fun. Well, I'm pretty excited to do that. I, I do wish we had brought a bottle with us today because it could have uh, helped us a lot. <laughs> Wake up a little. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they sound really good. And um, I wanted to end today. We have a safe space question from a listener. Her name is Brittany Gibson, and this was via Twitter. This is a really good question, I thought. She's thinking ahead to Christmas. like. Mm-hmm classic real simple fan already thinking about the next holiday. But anyway, her question is, what's more useful, a food processor or an immersion blender? I'm gifting to my sister-in-law. She has neither. Her space is limited. And so I wanted to go for maximum usability. I thought this was a really good question. It's really good. Although I hope her sister-in-law is not listening. Yeah, good point. Well, I would definitely say you don't don't get her a full-size food processor if her space is limited. Yeah. I love the mini prep food processors, but I think ultimately I have to go with immersion blenders. And really the good news is if you if you're going down that road, you can kind of have it all because um, Cuisinart, which makes a great immersion blender, those sticks, I think they're called smart sticks or something like that. Um, that's the one I have and I use it all the time. It you can get them. If you pay attention when you're doing your shopping, I think there you have options where you can either just get the Immersion Blender Smart Stick or you can get the one that comes with attachments. Oh. And you can get one that has a whisk attachment and a mini prep attachment, like a, a little chopper, oh. which is basically like a mini food processor. And certainly if you do that, like your sister-in-law no will never need anything no else. No brainer. Yeah. That's an awesome answer. And I think that if you're getting the one with the attachments, I did some quick Googling before. I think for all three parts, it's like $50. That sounds like a perfect gift. So there you go. There's your answer. Thank you, Sarah Kay. You're and welcome. thank you so much for joining us today for Things Cooks Now. We'd like to thank our producer, Tim Einenkel. 
and our engineer, Zach Dinerstein. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on iTunes. And for a million more great cooking tips and tricks and last-minute Thanksgiving help, you can head to realsimple.com. If you have topics you'd like us to cover next time, you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at SQ Karn. We'll be back next week.